Hello and welcome back to Beef Sticks Podcast. Yes, it is in a great American fest this week as we edge ever closer to America's Independence Day. Man, kind of hard to celebrate in 2020. We are on <laughs> we are on the prefaces of celebrating what seems to be possibly the creation of the worst country in the history <laughs> of what is known as quote the new world. Uh, it's uh, um, you know what I the way I look at it, I'm not celebrating Independence Day. I'm celebrating using pyrotechnics to destroy things. There we go. Is exactly what July Fourth, which. That date literally has nothing to do with any of that also, but that's no. a whole other thing that I actually have on one of my fantastic fables that I don't do anymore, so whatever, look at it or don't. I don't give a shit. <laughs> it's still there, though, folks. You can it's go listen there. to it, and Pasty recommends that you do. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's like, that's that's the way I looked at it. I'm like, you know what? I'm just celebrating just destroying random shit, because that's what this country is really about, just yeah. destroying random yeah, shit. Yeah, it is. Fuck it up. Oh, uh, man. Did you hear about Sasha Baron Cohen invading the far right rally? I haven't heard about Sasha Baron Corbin? Corbin? Cohen. Cohen? I haven't heard about him since probably 1999, my friend. (laughs) Not since he did his Borat thing. Yeah, I was going to say, I take it you're not a big fan of that. <laughs> no, no. The thing with him and the fat dude getting gay was probably the best part. Yeah. And that's that's the weirdest thing to say. <laughs> well, when you're that big man, you fall on somebody. It's hard to move. I, I can tell you from experience. <laughs> that's I mean, the only just, part of the movie I remember. Just think <laughs> back to that storm last year at Galactic Get Down. You were in the that same position. True. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you're right, my friend. I was trying to protect you from the lightning, boy. So what did old but Sasha you got not thunder. Banks, no. <laughs> what did old Sasha not Banks do? Oh jeez, he invaded a far right rally. What he did was he put up this huge donation to their cause uh, from an anonymous source, and 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 the source just requested that a band was allowed to headline their festival, okay. and it was him and a band, and they come on, they're playing some lame bluegrass riff. And he starts singing this shit, and he gets the crowd to start singing along with him. And then he takes him on this journey about, like, uh, Sleepy Joe Biden, what we gonna do? Chop him up like the Saudis do. And he'd have the whole crowd chanting that with him. <laughs> and it goes on for, like, 20 minutes just to prove I mean, how easily it is to control, you know, what what they're going to say and and speak out. And it's it was To be really fair, funny. I mean, this is the same cat that made his name off of just making super racist movies yeah. demeaning other cultures, right? Mm. Yeah. I just I, I just thought it was funny. And he brought in security that wasn't letting anybody get to the sound equipment to, to stop it from playing. And the crowd's still just going with and him. They're the whole right. Don't they want Joe Biden to die? Yeah, like, I, I get it. But they don't want it broadcast to people outside of their event that that's what they want. You know what I mean? Oh. Uh, well, you know, too late. Trump's already done that. <laughs> too late, folks. But he doesn't mean anything he says. Oh, boy. I got to stop this because this is bad. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. This is a wrestling podcast, and we're going to talk about wrestling things. 
but Sasha Baron Cohen did wrestle that fat guy, and so it's kind of relevant, right? They sure wrestled <laughs> sweaty and naked. NXT. Okay, yeah, let's go right into between this world we live in. It's it's a war, but to be honest, it's all just a big fucking game. Honestly, yeah, yep. So I guess that's a as good of a segue as any into this week in pro wrestling history. Pasty War Games, one of wrestling's most brutal matches, turns 33 today on Woo! this day, July 3rd. Also known Christ, as it's older than me. Oh my gosh, it is older than you, you young fuck. <laughs> also known as the Match Beyond, War Games was created by Dusty Rhodes and inspired by Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. The two-ring, single-cage match was presented as the signature match for the four horsemen back in the day. If you don't already know the rules, let me just sit down and explain it to you. At least for the for the original one, this is how it goes. Just like any pro wrestling place, they, they changed them as per event to their own ways, but this was still the main rules, basically. Match begins with one member of each team in the cage. That's two people, one-on-one, one heel, one face, while the rest of the team waits backstage. After five minutes, the team that won the coin toss, ironically, it just always happened to be the heels, they're just really lucky, (laughs) could send in a man immediately and have a one-man advantage. Yes, two-on-one. The other team had to wait two minutes before sending in one of theirs. Teams alternate sending someone every two minutes until all participants in it is in the cage. So basically, whoever won the coin toss, i.e. the heels, would always have the one-man advantage for two minutes. The match cannot be won, though, unless everyone is in the cage. So you can fight and beat the hell out of everyone for as long as you want. But until everyone's in the cage, you cannot win the contest. I want to see a war games where everybody sits down and holds flowers. <laughs> like, just waits for everybody to get in the ring before they start fighting. I don't think that would get a lot of buys. <laughs> well, you, 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 just, you get the buys beforehand, building up to it. And then that's just what you deliver to the people. There you go. Yeah. Uh, the contest continued. Don't until you understand how booking wrestling works? <laughs> until a submission or surrender, and the person that submits loses the match for their entire team. So one person loses, the entire team is gone. There are no pinfalls, no countouts, no disqualifications, which made War Games the most dangerous match in wrestling at the time, within the cage in the two rings. In the first ever event, the Road Warriors, Nikita Koloff, Dusty Rhodes, and Paul Ellering, calling themselves the Superpowers, defeated the heel team of the Four Horsemen, consisting of Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Lex Luger, Tully Blanchard, and J.J. Dillon. Damn. You know, with with all the old... uh, WCW names going around here and everything. I know we just had Fighter Fest. It's only a matter of time until AEW brings back another name. We're going to get to that later on, but uh, what were your thoughts on the uh, the little bit of Fighter Fest that you got into? I mean, it's good, man. Uh, it, it sucks that it's not a pay-per-view, sort of, and that it just takes up dynamite time. But, uh, 
I, I dig it. I dig what you're doing. It was going to be a free show anyway. It was free last year. It's it's free. Um, but I think the most standout actually lately in AEW at all overall to me has been Chris Jericho on commentary. It's oh, yeah? such a breath of fresh air. Everybody seems to hit the notes and the strides better. JR doesn't seem he covers for JR a lot. It's it's good stuff. That's good. Well, I mean, that is good because, guy, you look at like a year ago and remember when they had uh, Tony Khan's best friend, Alex Marvez, on commentary? Fuck, man. Oh, I'm telling you, it was not good stuff. In fact, uh, a good friend. Imagine if it was still him and JR right now. I would have stopped watching a long time ago. I'd at least watch it on mute. (laughs) Um, A good friend of yours and mine, Pacey, Eric Bischoff. he wasn't a big fan of Alex Marvez back on the old Double or Nothing pay-per-view either, from what I've uh, been told. Huh. Let's check that out. Who's the play-by-play guy here? I never did catch his name. Alex Marvez, your old pal. Oh, he sucks. Oh, Dude. man. Okay. No, he sucked. He absolutely sucked. And I, and I and obviously I didn't know who it was, so I'm you know not just picking on him because he's a douchebag and a oh. jock-sniffing piece Wait. of shit. Oh. No, he is. He's a douchebag, jock-sniffing piece of shit. But that's not why I'm saying this. I'm saying this just because he sucked before I knew he was a jock-sniffing piece of shit. Oh, Lord. Uh, before I knew it was that one. He just was really, really horrible. <laughs> Damn. I'm glad somebody finally said it. <laughs> oh, jock-sniffing piece of Wow, he really... Uh... Okay, folks, we're gonna be we're gonna just open it up here for you. We're gonna take a peek behind the curtain. We're gonna break kayfabe. <laughs> so that was from an eighty-three weeks episode where Eric Bischoff and Conrad Thompson sat back and watched the first AEW Double or Nothing, and uh, and responded on it. They they put out a podcast on it and gave their opinions on it. Now. The funny thing is, that was Eric Bischoff's feelings on, quote, Alex Marvez. But the very next week, um, Conrad Thompson had a little clarification on the next ep- the next week's show. Pasty, let's, uh, <laughs> let's run that little, uh, boy, he really put his foot in his mouth there, Eric Bischoff. <laughs> All right. Well, I wanted to ask you, just take a <laughs> run of time out right now, because last week when we were covering... Uh, the first AEW pay-per-view, Double or Nothing 2019, you went on and on about how much you loved Cody and Dustin, but most importantly, the Young Buck match and, and the Lucha Bros. But the thing that really stuck out to a lot of people is you went on an incredible tangent, murdering Alex Marvez, only to later realize, wait a minute, you meant Brian Alvarez. I know. I feel so horrible about that. And I'm really glad you put a pin in that and brought that up here because I want to personally apologize to Alex Marvis. I did immediately. And one of my, one of the, one of my followers on Twitter pointed it out to me. And the minute he did it, he went, I went, Oh my God. Now I'm, I'm going to Alex Marvez's play by play. You, you didn't enjoy his Good work, start. but you weren't going to just fucking murder the guy. <laughs> no. <laughs> Because I don't know him. I've got nothing against him. I've never met the guy that I can recall. I I may have even done an interview with him or two in the past. I don't know. 
but I absolutely feel like the world's biggest schmuck for unloading on a guy that didn't deserve it. So I, I apologize if I ever get to meet Alex, I'll, I'll buy him a steak dinner. He doesn't even have to go with me. He probably hates my guts now, and I don't blame him. But I'll still buy him the damn dinner, and he can take a guest of his choice, and I'll still pay for it. So I apologize. I was a complete ass. I admit when I'm wrong, and I couldn't have been more wrong. That's a way to be wrong. Holy shit. <laughs> It's yeah, rough. I'm sure he probably doesn't want to go out and have a steak dinner with him. <laughs> no. <laughs> not a, not after the verbal beat down that he just Could you took. imagine that conversation? Like <laughs> I would love I would love to be there. I'd love to be the third wheel when those two got together after that. <laughs> so tell me again, Eric, what did you think about my commentary? <laughs> So I'm glad um, they admitted they didn't like it. That's that's good. Oh well, yeah, yeah. He didn't he didn't backtrack. He he admits that the commentary was bad, but he didn't think of he he didn't think personally him as a person was that shitty of a human being. Now, one thing that I think Pasty and I do a lot, and I think uh, most of our fans enjoy, we kind of we always do callbacks and we bring things back, and obviously. They brought this up from the week before. It's good they brought it up. They could have just, like, posted something on social media or something. I would have never seen it or heard about it because I don't pay that much attention to social media. So I got an understanding why he hated Alex Marvez so much, which I found out he didn't. But um, the very next week, Conrad didn't let him live it down. And you know what? This is going to be a reoccurring thing, I'm sure, going forward. <laughs> but this is probably the last, unless something really fun happens going on, the last one we'll probably put on our uh, old token JRR with Eric Bischoff as the stand-in guy. But, Pacey, let him hear what happened the third week after this. Three in one week, man. Y'all are lucky. Melster would say perhaps the biggest change of all came due to an article in a local newspaper written by former Miami Herald reporter, Alex Marvez, who had just recently started working in Dayton. Now to be clear, Eric, this is not Brian Alvarez who I know, I know, I know. I deserve that. Go ahead. Get a belly laugh out of that one at my expense. I still haven't met Alex Marvez. I'd like to ap apologize to him face to face. I was really, really, um, out of line. I, I admit when I'm wrong, someday that'll happen, I hope. But until then, so be it. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, part of me has to wonder, though, like, did he really mean Brian Alvarez? Or was he just covering <laughs> his tracks because of all the hate he got on the Internet? Right. I do love, though, I do love that uh, Conrad calls him out. Even, even three, you know, two weeks later after the deal, he's still, he's like, talking about Alex Marvez this is not Brian Alvarez <laughs> like still gives him shit you can tell they're pretty good friends in real life like he, yeah. just, he still digs it to him those names are so far apart really you know other than them both being Hispanic the, the R-V-E-Z but yeah. even Alvarez is in a different order it's like uh... yeah they're just both Hispanic in nature that's about <laughs> the only thing but um, you know Bischoff does does admit that he often either records early and or drinks Jameson 
and or both at the same time. So, you know, I've I've done it too. I remember a while back, um, I I screwed up. Um, oh, uh, Flip Gordon and Rip, uh, oh, an old school wrestler. I mixed them two up just because it was Flip and Rip, and it was like, oh, Rip Taylor. Yeah, it was Rip Taylor and Flip Gordon, and it was about yeah. Rip Taylor dogging on everybody who's doing all these fancy fucking flip-floppy moves. And for <laughs> some reason, I thought it was Flip Gordon. And I was like, that's all he fucking does. It's in his name. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? And then the next week, you know, at least at least we're professional enough, just like 83 weeks, that the next week I was like, oh, I fucked up. Um, that was Rip Taylor, not Flip Gordon. Don't know where I fucked it up, but it, it happens. You sit around, you make notes, you drink, you got, you know, how many names it, in a normal podcast, even just for us and this, and we're not as in depth as like 83 weeks or any of them. We got a good 30, 50 names to go through usually, yeah, right? Yeah. It's, it's easy to do, but, um, but nobody gives a shit if you and I do it, but when Eric Bischoff does it, <laughs> It makes the rounds. So it was it was pretty fun, and it's pretty fun that they both had fun with it. That's what I like. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, I mean, that's what life is, man. You, you live, you make mistakes, you learn from it, you correct yourself, and you grow. And that's going to be a big part in our top story of this week's Savage Sentinel. As the recent speaking out movement on social media has led to a change in U.K. law's According to Gary Cassidy of Sports Gita, a change will reportedly be made soon, made soon to the UK's Sexual Offenses Act of 2003. The change in the law will close a loophole regarding relationships between people in positions of trust and minors. It was also noted that the loophole now means it's illegal for pro wrestling trainers to enter into sexual relationships with their trainees that are just 16 or 17 years old. I don't think it should be any age. Business should be professional, but I guess that works. I I, I would disagree with that 100%. Well, not 100%, 50%. I think you can be in a relationship with someone you're, you're subordinate, but they should definitely be mature enough to make that decision. I guess. And at 16, like, 17, you probably aren't mature enough to make if that you decision. Make, if you make that decision, though, and you are old enough, whatever, it's it's a I get it, but that should be a long-lasting relationship. Uh, it can it could turn into a very serious thing if if, if somebody like a trainer just just predatorily you know tries to seek relationships with the people they're training. Pasty, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go off kayfabe here again. Just fucking open the curtain. <laughs> I ended up hiring a girl at a job I was a manager at because I thought that she was pretty. Only reason I hired her. I got in a relationship with her. I ended up having a kid with her. Less than a year after we had the kid, we were broken up. I stand by my saying that I think that people in positions of power should be able to date their subordinates. (laughs) But they have to have kids so they don't regret it later. I don't regret that part of it, but you're like, it should be a long-standing thing. Fuck, it was less than a year. We just had the kid and bounce. I don't know. I I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. I think that that's wrong. I don't think it's wrong because to this day, I have a great child and a great relationship with his mother. 
who is now married to her husband and she's happy and we met in that situation. I don't think that's a wrong thing, but I think that, yes, they, they should be of the mature age to make that consent, especially I also think that whatever position I was in is probably in a different position than being a wrestling trainer. I think there's a little more intimacy than maybe, say, an office manager or other things like that. You know what I mean? So I, I can see that also. Moving on, though, continue with your story. I just interrupted you. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, well, uh, all that will change next year. That's not soon enough, pasty. No. <laughs> They're just going to get it all in this year as much as possible. <laughs> just bang as many 15-year-olds as you can, people. Times are a-changing. Uh, Ring the bells. Justin Humphreys, who is a member of the expert advisory group on the prevention of sexual exploitation, abuse, and harassment, wow, at the Department for International Sexual uh, Development, I almost said, at the Department for International Sexual Exploitation. Isn't that, isn't that quite a title? It is. Expert advisory group on the prevention of sexual exploitation, abuse, and harassment at the Development of International Development. The Department of International Development. Yeah, that's that's a hell of a title. How do you it's fit that much. on one fucking card? You wear a badge that says that. Like... A deli. You got to put in seven cards just to make one. <laughs> You're losing out money on your free fucking Ruben. You know, most people shorten things to where the letters make sense in a word that's smaller than what it is. You can't do that with this, though. E-H-E-S-E-A-E-I-D. Uh, right. this, this one's already well, been they said, one. <laughs> discussions that I've been having with the ministry ministry of justice on this in recent weeks indicate that there's going to be a change in the law. So it's, it's not, well, but it might promising. be, it could be, it probably won't yeah, Keep speaking out to make change happen folks, because if we shut up, ain't nothing going to change. Keep the hashtag. Keep talking about it. Keep um, keep letting the stories out. You know, the the innocents nine times, eight times out of ten will be found innocent, and the ones that are guilty, um, you know, fuck them. So, just keep going. Just keep going. Let it go because, like you said, pasty. Just like all of these. Just like Black Lives Matters. Just like um, justice for Native Americans on their own territories and pipelines, and just like the speaking out movement. As soon as we, as soon as it's no longer a fad and it goes away, everything just goes back to the status quo. Yeah, and we cannot have that. Nope, not now. We've gone too far. No, this is twenty twenty. We got to see things clearly, right? That's what twenty twenty means. Yes. Uh, on a plus side, though, Pacey, Ohio Valley Wrestling has announced an extension of their partnership with UK-based media group Film Volt to provide their brand of wrestling content to all of Europe. Film Volt and OVW have already worked together on a Roku app for the American market where OVW Faithful can relive hours of footage from past Ohio Valley events. I got to look that one up. I have Roku. I don't know if that's a free app or not, but I'm really going to look that up because OVW has such a rich history of people. And we're not just talking about the Brock Lesnar's, John Cena's, and Randy Orton's. We're talking about long before all of that. 
So now the company wishes to afford fans in the UK and other European nations the same opportunity that those of us in the United States have. So this is kind of good. Good for Ohio Valley Wrestling. They're no longer actually attached to WWE, but they still technically own all the rights to all of their video library from past from the past. So That's you can get all those old school ones and current stuff, which obviously isn't current, current right now, but hopefully will be in the future. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this, Pacey. Uh. Good for them. Anytime we've been talking a lot about, I, I'm glad with the whole uh, international and streaming market, because we've been talking more and more about these contracts being made with smaller companies getting their name out there and not so much always in America, but to get their name out there in, in other markets across the seas, that's revenue. Yeah. I mean, you look back in the day when impact wrestling and uh, ring of honor and a lot of them were impact wrestling for sure. used to make more money over in Europe than, than WWE made. Like they were making a killing. If you talked about what they made in Europe combined with America, it was about what WWE was making in America. It was huge. So good for them. Yeah. It's pretty good. I, you know, I probably have this app on my TV because I went through the, the app store and I got every wrestling app I could find. Granted, a lot of them are pay to watch and they just sit there and never do anything. Well, they all sit there and never do anything because I don't watch. Them. Right. But <laughs> I might have to go look through and see what's up. Hey, Fat Mac. Yo. What's your favorite rendition of Kane? My favorite rendition of Kane was probably the one that he liked the best, which was when he had his mask off. When he had his mask they off? Call him, they call him Corporate Kane. He wore a suit and a tie, acted like a pompous kind of prick, really didn't care about anybody else, and 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 tried to make the dollar for the 1% and didn't give a shit about everybody lower than him. How you, about you? You mean mayor of Knox County, Kane? Yeah, because, yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. Ah, uh, yes, because uh, Glenn Jacobs, as you know, is Kane. He's voted against the COVID-19 mask mandate in his county where he reigns supreme. Reporters noted that Mayor Kane was the only person to go against the mandate during the Knox County Board of Health vote this afternoon. The board voted 7-1 to one for the mandate that would have forced anyone inside certain buildings to wear a protective mask during the coronavirus pandemic as things start to reopen. It was noted that the board will reevaluate the mandate as its next meeting. Yeah, so it had to be, it had to be unanimous. And, uh, well, there you go. The, <laughs> the devil's favorite demon. Who would have thought Kane would do Kane things? Know. That's so weird. And such a simple, like such a simple request. All it is is that people have to wear masks in certain buildings. Like I'm sure it's not, it's not your local deli. Like if, if they're restricting what it is for certain buildings, it's like who Where cares? People gather in mass, I would assume, like like church, you know. Yeah, and that makes cares? sense. I literally, I was just talking about this with somebody. Maybe it was you, Pacey. I don't remember. I don't, I don't wear a mask the majority of the time. I really don't even care. But if I'm going someplace where they require me to wear a mask, I'll throw that mask on quick as shit. Because if I want to be in your establishment, 
I'm willing to follow your rules. And if I don't want to follow your rules, I'm more than happy to not frequent your establishment. And the way That's I my choice. Yeah, yeah. The way I look at it, though, too, is like Walmart. They don't care if you wear a mask or not, but you walk in there and every single employee is. So I probably should, too. You know, if they're going to do it, I should do it. And these 90,000 people in the store aren't doing it. And it makes me mad. But I get well, it. If you're, it's America. But if you're you have your freedoms and your right to be stupid. Yeah. yeah. But for a guy who's, who made his career out of a mask, like yeah. he wouldn't be who he is without having a mask on. That's pretty fucking hypocritical. <laughs> Granted, like like I said earlier, his mask would not would not protect COVID at all. Well, he had the one that covered his whole face. But at the same time, you know, he, he dropped his hands down and fire went, flew from all four corners. And I think I think high heats eliminate the virus, so maybe he's safe. Yeah, yeah. As summertime maybe. in America, cases of COVID are surging across the country, especially oh, in southern America. states. Must be a I'm cold snap cold. down there. Uh, I'm at cold. <laughs> I'm at. Um, Quick, we got to get Undertaker into a mayoral, mayoral position. <laughs> Someone we know who's a, a fan of just being cold to anybody he can. Old Vinnie McMahon through WWE has filed a trademark for Wrestle War. And this is Wrestle Space War, which is literally just one space added from the WCW pay per view Wrestle War with no space that ran from 1989 to 1992. Not a big deal, and, and it really wasn't even a. Other than I, I love the Wrestle War once. That was another. Um, actually, ironically, come with uh, with our this week in pro wrestling history. That was another two ring event, which was a kind of battle royal deal. But um, with WWE running NXT under WCW's Great American Bash banner to counter program AEW's Fighter Fest. It looks as though there will continue to be a tug of war between Vince McMahon slash WWE and Cody Rhodes slash AEW for the rights to these former WCW trademarks. And let's be honest, they both have certain claims to them. WWE also, in a semi-related matter, filed to trademark the Bella Army name. (laughs) I don't think anybody's going after that. Which is what Nikki and Brie Bella call their fans, which... Are is are either of them still contracted to WWE? Do I would assume. Any? I would assume that's the TV deal on E is through WWE, and that's okay, why so it's they a probably thing. still are. So yeah, that's, that's probably, it's probably coming to its end. So that probably makes sense, though, that they would want to get that if they if they own them right now. I, I understand that. Um, but Wrestle War, yeah, it seems like it's it's literally just a grab to get these uh, these floating around trademarks. Um, before Cody does, and then use them when needed. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean that's that's what it is. This it's it's finally heating up. You know, this is AEW versus WWE. There's a war, and a lot of it's still happening. Oh, it is not. Quit it's it. Good. Quit it. It's tasty. I like. Quit it. it. I'll incite it. I'll incite it. Bring it on. AEW has not once gotten close to beating WWE in the ratings. No, but they're not competing with WWE. They're competing with NXT. And up until two weeks ago, they won many consecutive weeks. So, yes, you can compete with the people who aren't even WWE. The WWE doesn't even call it developmental anymore. As a matter of fact, to prove this, 
WWE has officially purchased Evolve Wrestling. <laughs> PW Insider reported this week. The deal was recently finalized after several months of negotiations, as we've talked about time and time again. I was I beginning mean, to think it was never going to happen. But now WWE has the complete right to use the Evolve brand name and produce Evolve events. WWE has also acquired the Evolve video library. Which is very good for them yeah. because there are so many superstars. There's some there. Darby Allen matches in there. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> so they can use the Evolve brand name and produce Evolve events. Only time will tell if they will. I'm sure they will, especially since they want to call NXT not developmental. WWE has also acquired the Evolve Video Library. Oh, I was already there. Sorry. Evolve was founded in 2010 by Gabe Sapolsky. Since 2015, the promotion has had a working relationship with WWE. When they signed the deal, Evolve created a new LLC, which is the company WWE has acquired. WWE has not purchased WWN Live, which will still reportedly go on. As for talent, PW Insider reports that the existing Evolve WWN talent contracts are not part of the sale. Apollo Crews, Austin Theory, Drew Gulak, Keith Lee, Johnny Gargano, Matt Riddle, Ricochet, and Oni Lorcan are just a few who used Evolve as a stepping stone to get to the E. I'm really looking forward to actually being able to watch some of this Evolve shit. It's good. It, you know, I'm just excited that it's going to be on the network. That's what, you know, they're they're not going to do right with the name going forward no more than they did with ECW. Yeah. If, if they do, I I honestly don't think they will use the name going forward, but they, they might. They, they might felt, do it. They felt threatened by their own trickle-in system. But, yeah, for sure that just having, you know, to, to have an evolved channel on the WWE to go back and watch, that's going to be so awesome. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. Well, we're getting into some non-awesome territory here. WWE attorney Jeremy McDivitt recently filed a motion to have a class action lawsuit, which we've talked about time and time and time and time and time and time again, filed by the city of Warren, Michigan, police and fire retirement systems against the company dismissed. Boo! The stockholder's suit has to do with WWE's dealings with the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia and the infamous travel debacle from WWE Crown Jewel 2019 of last year. McDivitt's motion included a statement dismissing comments made by former WWE Spanish commentator Hugo Savinovich, who was claiming to be able to confirm some of the details making the rounds. WWE denied Savinovich's allegations, but Hugo recently took to Facebook Live and responded to McDivitt's dismissal, saying, quote, My reputation in the wrestling business is very high. I started at 14 years old and have done everything. Writer, producer, wrestler, commentator. I stick with what I said. WWE wrestlers were kidnapped in Saudi Arabia. I don't need money. I don't need fan attention. It's a very sad thing that WWE and its lawyers tried to humiliate me and discredit my story. The Prince of Saudi Arabia fought with Vince McMahon. That's what they told me from Stamford in the WWE Central Television Studios, and I hold on to that report. I'm not afraid of WWE. I'm also not afraid of Saudi Arabia. 
a country that killed a journalist of yours in Turkey. WWE was wrong to go to Saudi Arabia, but I'm not afraid to speak. WWE gave me the information. Hugo continued and said he's not against WWE, but he stands by his previous statements. And he said that the curtain is falling on Vince McMahon's empire. He also said as he has refused to speak against the company in court because he loves Vince McMahon and the McMahon family. I'm glad he still took the time to speak out. I mean, many wrestling fans already assumed such, but to have some confirmation from the inside is a good thing. And it shouldn't be about the money. Uh, no, but I also think, you know what, if you, I get that he cares about Vince and his family, but if you care about all of the wrestlers, especially the wrestlers whose lives were allegedly placed at risk, speak up in court. Who cares? It's, you're just being, if you're being honest, you're just being honest. I think that's the part that really throws me off. He's like, he says all of this, and then he says, but I won't say this in court because I like Vince. He's my home dog. No, if if they literally did something that put all of these wrestlers' lives at risk, say something in court. Right. That That's the part that I don't like. Yeah, this whole but statement to me was just made into bullshit. I feel like, I feel like with billionaires, you get into threats and hush money and, and all kinds of crazy sideways shit that we'll never actually know about. Right, but then why even put it out on, on Twitter or <laughs> right. Instagram yeah. or whatever? Yeah. It's like... Because they could be discredited there very easily, you know? Like, yeah. social media is a fucking wasteland of false information, you know? But if that, okay, but if that's what you feel, then his his post literally meant nothing and he really isn't doing anything and is not speaking up. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That last statement is just what really threw me off. You, you either go all the way or you don't fucking go at all. Yeah. Either shut the fuck up or go to court about it. That's the way I look. I am glad he's stating it because we've reported it many times. Others have reported it, and and, and, I, and I feel it's legitimate from the little bit I know. But if if you have this information, just make fucking it count. Do it. Yeah, I get that. in this world that we're going on with with speaking out and with Black Lives Matter. If we've learned anything, it's that if you don't fucking say anything in a worldwide, national, legal, corporate, you know, governmental way, it literally means, then you're not, then you're part of the problem. Yeah. You're part of the problem if you're not going out and doing it. At the same point, I do got to say, more of the people who it matters to will probably hear about it if you just post about it on social media. (laughs) Yeah. Because, yeah. But those people are still going to end up having to go to fucking Saudi Arabia next year when the borders are open again. Right. Well, you know, WWE, I just think they're trying to avoid a lot of this. And, and and on that note, WWE will officially be fining talents for not wearing masks during future coronavirus-era TV tapings at the Performance Center in Orlando. WWE officials reportedly told the roster and staff this afternoon that they're now enforcing ruling on wearing protective masks at all times while at tapings. Masks must be worn during tapings except for talents performing on camera. The first fine for not wearing a mask will be $500. I guess to developmental talent, that's probably something. But Jesus. A talent will then be fined $1,000 for a second offense of not wearing a mask. 
So that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Are they still going to let in friends and family? <laughs> as long as they pay $500. They don't have to wear the mask, though, because they're not employed by WWE. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh... That's good old uh that's good old WWE for you. <laughs> I mean, again, like you said, it's it's one of those things where they look like they're doing the right thing on the outside, but on the inside they're really just not. Yeah. They're they're basically just out to help themselves. We're we're checking people's temperatures. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. Of course. That's a great thing to do. Yes. Uh, Honestly, you should do that without COVID, really, right? You don't want your wrestlers getting sick anyway, because then that means they have to be off TV. True. Just thoughts. You know, as we're evolving and changing and moving forward into hopefully a better, more positive future. I don't know. Well, speaking of a uh, maybe better, maybe more positive future, it's definitely beneficial the change is beneficial for sure. Next Tuesday's Impact Wrestling episode will have a different time slot, Pasty. Ooh. So don't tune into Impact at your normal time expecting to see the amazing quality action you normally see. In fact, Impact announced today that the July 7th episode will begin an hour late at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central on both Access and Twitch. They still haven't given up the Twitch thing, huh? They haven't. They should. But they have. The time change is due to Axis airing, quote, Ringo's birthday big show or big birthday show with Ringo Starr at 8 p.m. The 80th birthday celebration for the Beatles star will benefit Black Lives Matters, Music Cares, Water Aid, and the David Lynch Foundation. So, so great, great, great organizations that. Impact Wrestling is making room to promote. So that is awesome. Whether it's Impact, Access, Twitch, whoever, it's a good thing. I would recommend tuning in early and catching Ringo's Big Birthday Show and then follow that up with Impact Wrestling. But if you're not going to, just to let you know, it will be later at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. Well... Even if you do tune in, I think that'll be a good show to watch leading into some great wrestling action. Well worth it. Check it out. For uh, sure. Ooh, oh. Sounds like a beer. I oh, like crack beer. it open a cold one. We know who likes to crack open a cold one. Oh, yeah. Nance Warner. We know he loves his beer. And the Buck Snort Brawler soon enough will be getting his own brand of the brew. MLW CEO Court Bauer revealed that in 2021, the wrestling world will be announced, introduced to Manser Light. Come next year, Mance, Pasty, Fat Mac, and all of you will be able to stock your fridge up with the Manser Light. Why is it just light? Where's the regular Manser? Manser likes his light beer. He's, he's, he's a... He's a competitor. It's not, He's but if it's athlete. the only one, it's not light, right? It can't be light unless there's a not light. Is there already a that, not light? <laughs> I don't think that's true. I think you can be low cal without being heavy cal. Yeah, but then it's you? just low cal. You can't be light without your heavy counterpart. I don't know. Do you know how scales work? <laughs> not really, Pacey. I try to avoid them. 
I think it's good. I liked. Uh, I, I I went and went out of my way to buy some uh, Broken Skull Ranch IPA, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, very, very expensive for what you got. That's what happens when you put a that. man's face on it. <laughs> exactly, I understand that. So I'm going to look into Mancer Light. I would like to believe it's not going to be expensive as a. Uh, Stone Cold's IPA. So it's gonna be Red like Dog price. Yeah, I'd I, I'd like to order some and uh, maybe if possible get both of us some and we could try some on the show at the same on the same day or something. But I'm down for that. I still haven't yeah. got to try a Broken Skull IPA and it hurts me deeply. It uh, I would have bought that for you too if it wasn't so dagum fucking expensive <laughs> per bottle. Holy shit, it was expensive. I mean, it was really expensive, folks. <laughs> So don't um, buy it. Is that what you're telling the people? I'm I'm saying that if if you if you live in the Texas area and it's in your liquor stores and it's available, I'd recommend you pick it up. If you have to buy it online and pay for the uh, shipping and handling and alcohol charges that come uh, come with all of that, yeah, um, do it one time to try it because it, it is delicious and it's really good and I I think it's worth the extra money. At that point, you might as well just import real absinthe from Europe. Uh, absinthe is a fucking joke. (laughs) People think absinthe makes you fucking hallucinate. How stupid. (laughs) I don't think people know what the fuck absinthe is. I think all anybody knows about absinthe is from that movie, was it Eurotrip? Yeah, it was Eurotrip. Yeah, that just... They just spread propaganda about absinthe. That the liquor company fucking spread about it. It's just fucking alcohol. It's no different than any other. You can buy vodka. It does the same fucking thing, you dumbasses. But that's beside the point. That came. That went. Nobody gives a shit about absinthe anymore. But in pro wrestling, there's not a week that goes around without some comings and goings pasty. That is and the right. the ones we have is uh, more about the same sad shit, but we're just going to knock a bunch out in one short little sweet sentence and get it the fuck out of here because fuck them, they're not worth our time. WWE has suspended NXT UK's Joe Coffey and released two NXT UK referees, both Joe Allen and Chris Roberts. The decisions were made following allegations during the hashtag speaking out movement on Twitter. Fuck them all, pasty, and fuck them all. Fuck them all real hard because they deserve it. But not in the hashtag speaking out <laughs> way because that's not okay. <laughs> A report from Tokyo Sports says All Japan Pro Wrestling's Jun Akiyama confirmed on Twitter that he will not or he will be moving to DDT as a rental. Mm. Akiyama will not be considered a DDT talent. Akiyama recently debuted for the company on some of their DDT TV show cards. He was first brought on as a guest coach after his guest coach position at the WWE Performance Center was postponed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Akiyama had previously held positions of president and head booker at AJPW. However, he stepped down from that position last July with Tsuyoki Fukada taking over the role on October 10th. And I butchered that name and I apologize. Tsuyoki, that's it. 
Suyoki, you got to write the second Suyoki time. Suyoki Fukada. I had to redeem Suyoki myself. Fukada. I know how to read non-American names. <laughs> my last name is Zarin's, and I was called Zarin's my entire life. I, I get it, okay? Right? <laughs> um, yeah, so good for June. Um, this is good for him. This is good for DDT. This is, I mean, this is basically just DDT's not running shows now. And, um, well, DDT is running shows now, and All Japan Pro Wrestling is not. So it's basically just a way for DDT to get some more promotion and for Akiyama to get some paydays. Honestly, more more wrestlers and wrestling talent need to be free agents. Don't sign with a company, you know, maybe like a, a, a multiple showing contract, but be able to be fluid and move around. I think it makes the entire wrestling world more exciting. Well, this is pretty interesting also because he is an All Japan talent who is contracted to them, but they're renting him out, which is really cool. It's a, or very wrong. It depends on where you stand. <laughs> I'm not going to say that's never been done before, but I'm going to say in those terms it hasn't been used before, or yeah. at least not regularly. So I wouldn't mind seeing more talents rented out to other companies i, I don't think we that's need to a bad come up with better terminology it definitely yeah, dehumanizes I, I agree with that too but uh, uh, you know with with translations and all you know yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of somebody who uh moves around to other companies and always makes a wave it appears for wwe it appears Eric Young will be returning to Impact Wrestling. Yes. Either just for Slammiversary or, more likely, in a long-term capacity. On this week's Impact, Eric's superhero music played at the end of the show as we saw Eric Young's Super Eric costume hanging. <laughs> just before the show went off air, a hand and arm are shown reaching for the gear. Also this week on Impact, Eric Young versus Magnus was the TNA World Heavyweight t- or Eric Young versus Magnus for the TNA World Heavyweight title was the flashback moment of the week. So it seems almost imminent that Eric Young is returning to Impact Wrestling, which uh, you know what? He was he was never used great in Impact Wrestling, but he was used better than he was in WWE. Can we admit that? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh... I feel like I feel like uh, Sanity was almost doomed from the jump. I liked him in NXT, but I could definitely tell they weren't going anywhere because it was it was a mimic of the Wyatt family, you know. And the Wyatt family wasn't doing well, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm glad he's I mean, back home where he belongs, or maybe, hopefully, will be. He is a former TNA World Heavyweight Champion. Yeah, it was a pretty uh, unforgettable run, but he 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 is. And that's something. Yeah, I mean, just using him to elevate talent—it's better than Tommy Dreamer. I mean, jeez. Just, just <laughs> having him, just having him backstage and having his mind is mm. a plus. Yeah, really. Yeah, very much so. And he's getting to the age where he should probably be thinking about hanging up the tights instead of taking them off the hanger. I guess I don't know. <laughs> but it's good. I'm happy for him. That ain't all with impact though. Because in another tease this week, it included Scott D'Amore talking to a couple of good brothers on the phone in a backstage segment. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Fat Mac, we're getting called up. <laughs> Ooh, here we come, brother. 
Ryan Satin of Pro Wrestling Sheet and Gary Cassidy of Sports Kida both re reported recently that a deal between the tag team and Impact was close to being done. Dave Meltzer has now confirmed the team is headed to Impact in a report from The Observer saying Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson are heading to Impact Wrestling in a deal that will allow them to work for New Japan Pro Wrestling, baby. Although Carl Anderson has never worked for Impact, Gallo previously worked there from 2010 to 2013 as Doc Gallows and was a member of the Aces and Eights faction, which has also been teased on Impact TV recently. Just bring it all back, Impact. I would, I would, you know what? There, there's people that love Aces and Eights and people that hate it, and that's about all there is. There's very few middle ground. I loved Aces and Eights, and if we could get an Aces and Eights reboot, I know they got D'Lo Brown involved in it, and he was one of the original guys, and I don't know who else they have other than Gallows, but you had Carl Anderson to it and a few of the other younger guys who are kind of main event guys now. Mm-hmm. I would love to see a second run of Aces and Eights. I'm I'm down for it. I mark out for Aces and Eights. Honestly, like it, in my deal. in my mind, because I wasn't very proficient in Impact, but Aces and Eights was like the highlight of Impact. Like I at said, I didn't watch it all, but it it, it just seems like one of the biggest things that ever happened there. I mean, without Aces and Eights, Bully Ray probably wouldn't be the main event talent he is today. He'd still be thought of as. A tag team guy. Yeah. That's what made him. And he's one of the best um, main event guy. I mean, he's awesome. I just got to say, man, if the Good Brothers are headed to Impact, it's a damn shame that AJ Styles just signed a five-year contract and isn't intending on finishing his career with WWE. Because you know if what? he went back to Impact right now, could you imagine? I, I could. I, yes. I'm, I'm going to give you two stories here, Pasty, because first of all, Yes, storyline-wise, I think him coming into Impact at this time and them, I, I think the people in charge right now would be smart enough to focus that organization around him and the Good Brothers and possibly Aces and Eights or whatever else, but whatever. He, he'd be one of the main guys. Yes. At the same time, I think AJ is doing so well in WWE, and I think that... I don't think Impact, Ring of Honor, and dare I say, I don't think New Japan or even AEW will pay AJ what he's getting paid now to work for them. So if he's just looking out for his family, I think he's making the right choice money-wise. But yes, um, career-wise, like looking back on matches, mm. oh, he had so many better here in, in, in this new Impact Wrestling that we have right now. Oh, Yes, 100. Like, my, me as a fan being greedy? Fuck yeah. My biggest issue is right now, AJ Styles and WWE is just meh. You know, he's always going to be in the top end, but it's just, it's never going to be. He's meh, but he's bringing in fucking, you know, big buku bucks. Yeah. He's one of their highest paid guys. <sighs> so, you, you, I mean, you got to look at it from his perspective. Yeah. He's not a young guy anymore, and he has a family to take care of. So, but a hundred percent, I agree with you. Um, creatively, oh, he would just he he would be the main guy right now in Impact. He would be the main. He'd be the heavyweight 
He'd be the heavyweight champion. Tessa isn't isn't even there to challenge him. <laughs> Although that's a match I'd want to see. That would. She'd probably fuck him up. Probably, probably put him on the injury report. Uh, um. But with that being said, Pasty, uh, we're gonna move into the injury report. The legit injury report. There's a few names on here, and we never like to even have any names on their injury report. We're going to move on here. Report by Fightful and F4W Online says that Velveteen Dream was in a car accident this last Sunday, but he was released from the hospital the same day with minimal injuries. The accident occurred last Friday at approximately 4 p.m., we weren't uh, we weren't able to get it onto the show, folks. We didn't hear about it at that point. Sorry. Yeah. No, that was two weeks in a row. I heard some big dream news right after we stopped podcasting. I know. Right? And I was like, God damn it, Dream, do things a little sooner. Dream reportedly failed to stop at a red light when a car cra- when he his car crashed into another car. The owner of the car did sustain injuries, but it is not known how severe they are. They couldn't have been too severe, though, because Velveteen Dream was subsequently be issued a citation, and he does not have to appear in court over the accident. So, basically, just a, a, a little fender bender, a bump and a run. One of those things. His mind was on other things, I'm sure. Mind uh, power. For weeks now, there's been rumors that he is close to being cut from WWE for the allegations that are going And, on. you know, the more we hear about... Random things like these, which I would say whether are or not in his control, but this wasn't his control. He hit a car just just to do it. Yeah, um, just these little things don't mean anything normally. He's like, damn it, I should have hit a car in that match with Adam Cole. I got to do it now to make up for it. Yeah, when you're this, when you're on the edge during a pandemic, just just dot your eyes. And cross your T's and mind your P's and Q's. Don't do stupid shit like this. Uh, Dream's gone. We know that, right? Yeah. By the end of the year, Dream's gone from WWE, right? We we know that. I mean, his catchphrase is dream over. It was always kind of a matter of time, right? He is somebody I think would just thrive in AEW if given the right chance. He's somebody I would love to see in AEW. AEW might look at him. I mean, look how lean they are to their fucking accusations i yeah yeah i know <laughs> i just think i think i think his his demeanor fits aew yes. so i mean fits a lot of places but i think i think he would do better in aew than a lot of folks maybe would but uh dream um, and sunny kiss and a tag team would be fantastic oh i'm telling you sunny kiss and joey janela has been all right but that would be so many levels better or even make a faction out of them uh, yeah. Fuck you, Dream. I'm gonna I, stop. You know I'm what? just gonna Pace stop it. liking new wrestlers. You know what like, I'm gonna say? Give it five Pace years, me. and then I'll make my decision. Pasty, make a faction out of those three and add uh, Rocky Romero as a mouthpiece. Not even a wrestler. Oh man. Oh. Oh. You've just, I've, we've just made the best faction in pro wrestling history, right there. Yes. Goddamn. Ah. Uh. So the official autopsy report report for former Shad Gaspard. I mean, he is former. He's, Hello. 
has been revealed by the blast. Some kind of a crude way to put it. <laughs> I wouldn't have said it that way myself personally. God, have some respect for the man. When I die, call me former pasty. <laughs> He's not pasty no more. No, call uh, me, call me pasty vapors. <laughs> But the autopsy report for Shad Gaspar has been revealed by TheBlast.com. Wow. (laughs) I'm still loving pasty vapors. I'm sorry. I'll shut up. (laughs) I had an armpit rash earlier this week. You should have smelled them pasty vapors. That was not good. Bismarcky wouldn't have even done those vapors, buddy. (laughs) Woo! Uh, what happened to old Shad Gaspar, buddy? He passed away at no the age way! of 39, back on May 17th. And we're just reporting it now. No, kidding. We did report it before. If you're a first-time listener or somebody who only listens sporadically, we keep up with the shit, and we, we get it out here to the people. Woo. After he and his son were among a group of swimmers who were swept away by a strong rip current while in the ocean at Venice Beach, California, First responders hit the water to rescue them, but could not get to Shad. Actually, they did, and he told them to get my son instead. I'm a mermaid. I got this. We'll go with that. We'll go with somebody (laughs) actually got to him. He told them to leave, and then they didn't actually get him and left. We'll go with that story, because that's how first responders work. Here I am. You're holding me. But leave and get somebody else. Okay, brah. We're just going to go with that story because it makes him sound better. Yeah, he's a hero. He is a fucking hero. He died. He's a fucking hero. Uh, A search and rescue operation for Gaspard was then launched and his body washed ashore three days later. The autopsy lists drowning as the official cause of death for Shad. No way! Wow! Whoa! His death was ruled an accident. Thank God. But let's I thought this was tied to that NASCAR thing, no. honestly. First of all, Pasty, <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to say this. If if the first story is correct and a first responder got to him and then left him. That would be murder, right? That's, that's at least manslaughter. <laughs> at least. <laughs> so what story are we telling here now? Was it drowning by accident or did somebody kill him? It can't be both. I am, you know what? I still to this day don't buy that somebody fucking got to him and he said, leave me and get my son. Like, it's, it's not a thing that happened. I believe, he, I believe somebody would say that. I don't believe a first responder would do that. You can't. You can't do that. You you take care of what's immediately. Honestly, there's happened. probably more than one first responder, so that one could attend oh, to you. Seven, there was like seven or eight of them, for sure. And it's like, he never said that. You never got close to him. Nobody heard him. He was drifting away, and the only thing he actually said was, you fuckers suck at your job. <laughs> like, that's, the last, that's his last fucking words. It was, none of this shit fucking happened. Get the fuck out of here. Or he and said, again, get my son first. And then they didn't come back for him. 
It's like you were supposed to come back for me. Yeah, if it did fucking happen, it's literally manslaughter. You can't leave somebody that you're saving to save somebody. That's not something you can do. Well, then I guess we just got to call the blast.com a non-credible resource. They've never made an appearance on our podcast. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's the first fucking appearance. I mean, the blast.com made an appearance on my toilet the other day after I hit up Taco Bell, but damn, that was the last time I heard from the blast. Um, Speaking of people who love Taco Bell, veteran wrestler killer Tim Brooks passed away. Isn't he dire uh, now? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give him some some respect. Let's start over. Okay. Well, <clears> then <throat> we gotta go back and start with Shad because we fucked no. that one way up. Well, he, he doesn't get respect because he's lying. He's lying. He's lying post mortem, and that's even worse. Don't his fucking lie to vapors, me after you his die. His vapors are spreading falsities. His vapors are fucking lying. Ugh. You're fucking fictional vapors. It's vapors. <laughs> we got one fucking party of them in the That's show. That's gonna be my new excuse for everything, fam. I'm oh, sorry. It's the vapors. Post mortem vapors. Media takes it out of context and starts going after Jewel again. No, okay. not those vapors. These vapors. Hold on, we got one story left, and I'm going to get it. I'm going to nail it. All right. We got it. All right. We're in the obituaries, folks. Veteran wrestler Killer Tim Brooks passed away on Tuesday at the age of 72. He had battled cancer for several years, and it was known to be terminal. Now, Brooks had wrestled in the United States, Japan, and Puerto Rico from 1970 through 1990. Brooks was honored earlier this year, actually, for his contributions to wrestling by the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame and Museum, sometimes referred to as the real Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame compared to the WWE one that is just Vince McMahon's boys. He was a big star in the 70s and 80s with promotions such as uh, WCCW, World Wrestling Council, and various NWA territories. Additionally, he's a former North American champion with Stampede Wrestling. Of course, that is the promotion's top title at the time. And a former NWA National Heavyweight Champion. Brooks also teamed with Roddy Piper in Oregon as Bad News Brooks. And long before the infamous 1988 angle in between Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant and Ted DiBiase over the WWF World Heavyweight Championship, Brooks had, in 1983, actually sold the NWA National Heavyweight Championship to Larry Zbysko. Everybody's got a price. (laughs) Exactly. The exact same storyline, but done years earlier. Brooks would continue to work Texas Indies through 1997 and later launched his North American Wrestling Alliance Training School, which also ran shows in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Brooks was a good friend with the late Bruiser Brody, and they wrestled several times together. Brooks also trained several 
stars of pro wrestling, a lot of up-and-comers. Probably the only name you would recognize, though, would be the current NXT North American champion, Keith Lee. You mean about to be double champion, Keith Lee. Ow! I'm looking forward to that. Actually, I... I'm sad to say I think he is going to be double champion. It only makes sense. It only makes sense if he gets it. It does not make any sense at all if Adam Cole does. No, no. 100% Keith Lee should get it. WWE did reportedly record two endings to that match. So anything can happen. Yeah, yeah. Wow, keeping kayfabe. I kind of like that. I'm going to give him credit for that. Uh, But to be fair... I, I want Adam Cole to get both champions, but I think Keith Lee should get both. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. storyline-wise, Keith Lee deserves it. Like, it makes zero sense for Adam Cole to get it. I like Adam Cole, 100%. but uh, he needs to move on from what's going on right now. Oh, 100%. I, I'm, I'm uh, 100%. I, I don't that. know yet if I feel the that, that uh, Undisputed Era has run its course and they need to split up. Or no. they need to go to the main roster together. I don't think if he loses his gold, I don't think any of them have gold right now. So it makes sense. I I don't want him to split up, but I I honestly never want him to split up. So yeah, you know. yeah. But yeah, that that is the right thing. But that's that's let let's talk about old uh, Tim Brooks. Uh, first thing I want to say though, Pasty, this is one that despite everything I read about him and he seemed to be pretty prominent, I've never heard of killer Tim Brooks like ever, 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 ever. Yeah. Yeah. You have no. <laughs> okay. Well, he's on a silent stun. Like, wow. He's, I remember him from WrestleMania one. No, it's just, it's not often that we talk about a name that you don't know. I, I really have never heard of Killer Tim Brooks, and I read it, all this shit, and I was like, God, I should have known him, but I don't know anything about him. So, um, I just, I just it's sad when it's sad when somebody dies, and that's how you learn about him. But I will definitely say, um, we have a holiday weekend here. I have uh, tomorrow and Sunday off. I am going to YouTube Killer Tom Brooks and watch. Well, you got to YouTube matches, Killer so. Tim Brooks. If, if you do Killer Tom Brooks, it's going to well, be some other shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get a little of column A and a little of column B. I'm going to get Killer Tim Brooks and um, and check some of his stuff out because I really I didn't even recognize the name at all. Even when I started reading his accolades, I was like, none of this is is striking anything to my memory. So I'm going to check this out. I'm I'm sad he died, but I'm glad we have this platform where we can let people know about these things so people, even like myself, can be like, oh, shit, this sounds interesting. I'm going to look into this guy and maybe prolong their legacy. Yes. You know I mean? yes. I, that's, that's why I don't understand. I mean, I get it. You hurt when somebody dies, but when a celebrity dies and people are like, oh, my God, he was my favorite. It's like, you know, as much as you know him, or them, they're still with you in the same exact way. Because you oh, can go Carl back and Richard. watch all their shit. You weren't friends with them or anything, so it shouldn't affect you like that. Yeah, Carl just, Reiner just died this yeah, week. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's like, oh, shit, he died, but also he's like 175 years old. <laughs> and also, Carl Reiner, Carl Reiner created the Dick Van Dyke Show. All this does is make me want to rewatch the Dick Van Dyke Show from season one 
to a season, what they have, only four seasons, maybe five. It was sad that they, they had such short seasons. But it's the it's like, yeah. fan show with man. That's, that's one of my favorite Family Guy things. Family Guy, yep, one hundred percent. When they had yeah. that censored episode, <laughs> yep, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So it's like all it does is make me want to rewatch. Like I want to commemorate it, not not be sad upon it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I that's, agree with you. That's the best thing because they live their lives to entertain you. So in their death, don't be sad. Just let them continue to entertain you. I think that probably is one of the most powerful things in a celebrity's mind. Well, you know yeah, I mean? they just live their whole life so that one day, just one day, which happened to be the day they died, you would just be sad. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, I'm going to do so much work. I'm going to do all of this. I'm going to try so hard so that one day thousands of people will be sad. No, it's so that every day millions of people will be happy. That's yeah. why they did it, you dumb fuckers. <laughs> I agree. I agree, basically. Yes, and that's why we do this podcast. So when we're dead, you still fucking listen to us. You got it? Dumb fuckers. (laughs) (sighs) It's been a good one. It is a good one. Uh, It looks like we're going to be getting back to normal next week. With uh, it seemed like we got some long ones coming up here, pasty. Yeah, no more of these hour shows. As what next week we return with predictions for two shows. Um, next week we we return with predictions for one show, New Japan Pro Wrestling Dominion 2020. Okay. After that, we have results for that, and then we also have predictions for Impact Slammiversary 2020, which will be that Saturday, and WWE Extreme Rules 2020, which will be that Sunday, which is very rare that Impact and WWE have a pay-per-view on the same weekend. Yeah. Woo! Wow. It'll be interesting. Uh, things things are, I think things are getting busy for everybody moving forward, but it's a good thing they're getting busy for us because we need to talk about stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm tired of talking, Fat Mac, and it's the end of the show. I've been sick of talking for about a fucking hour. <laughs> uh, no, it's been a good one. Uh Fun, fun times. Uh, uh, before we leave, I just want to let everybody know um, Alex Marvez is not Brian Alvarez. I think if you learned anything from this show, just take that away. They're both jock sniffing bastards, though. Yeah. <laughs> they both oh, suck at sure. what they do. <laughs> for sure. Oh, yeah, 100%. Well, I guess I don't know. What does Marvez do now anyway? He might not suck at it. Um, I think he's doing nothing, and I think he even sucks at that. <laughs> he's just always twitching. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> ah, well, folks, until next week, enjoy the pasty vapors. They'll linger. The vapors. The vapors. Fat Mac, I love you. It's been a good one. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll check you around. Uh...